to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I messed up the word park. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it, but I heard it too. Also, we're off to a weird start today because I gotta take this off. I, I'm wearing a spirit jersey, a very fun one that my friend DJ gave me. It is the El Capitoon Theater one, so it's covered in little popcorns. But I swear it is too loud. Like, can you hear that? It's something about the fabric. It's rubbing against each other, and I'm convinced it's going to ruin this episode. But you know what? I took it off. We're good. I'm back. Hello. Hello. I am back after a trip to New York City, which was nice, except for the fact that it was 90 degrees out, and we are still outdoor dining, so <laughs> it was a lot. Um, but we had a really, really, really nice time. Um, while we were there, something special happened. We hit 1 million downloads of this very podcast, very amusing. I am so excited about it. I'm so grateful for it. And I need to up top at the start of the show. Thank you all so much for listening, for um, coming back each and every week, for calling the Churros hotline, for caring about these places and these stories and these interviews. I would not be doing this if it wasn't for you because... I guess I would be doing this. It would just be me talking to the mirror while I put on eye cream about my many, many thoughts on different roller coasters. But regardless, this exists because of you and the community around this exists because of you listening to this podcast right now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another exciting thing happened while I was in New York City besides that. Um, I took my daughter Pearl on her first ride, her very first ride. We went on the Sea Glass Carousel in Battery Park in downtown Manhattan. It was not really planned. It was just like a, oh, we have nothing to do today, and it's a, it's the weather's a little nicer, and so we walked all the way there, and it was it was great. It was so it was so great. I again like I've I've never really been on a ride with a, a baby before. I know I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast have, and they remember back to that, but. It was so interesting to just hold this little wiggly person while you're on a ride. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't drop her. I'm so scared. But it was so fun to see her look around and not really know what was going on, but be so excited about it. I posted a video of it on Instagram and a lot of people shared their first ride stories with their own kids. And what I didn't realize until someone mentioned it was that I'm never going to forget this day. Like this just happened and I, I it's going to be a memory of mine for the rest of my life. I didn't know there's that much pressure on it when I just went to a downtown carousel. But now like, oh my God, I will think back to this week forever because it's her first ride. And I will probably watch that video when she's older and yelling at me <laughs> because that's when I was like to my mom. Um, and I, I just can't believe that I'm going to remember this carousel forever. It's not her first Disney ride, but we will get there eventually. Just like, uh, not eventually, we will get to this week's episode about my whirlwind of a trip to Walt Disney World. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's my first time back in a year, and uh, I also want to talk a little bit about all the news that just dropped this week, so we'll turn it over to that. But in the meantime, just thank you again for listening. Thank you for making this possible, and thank you for listening this week, because we have a lot of fun stuff to share. All right, stick around. We will be right back. <music> Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 
back. This week, we are going to discuss, of course, some of the new Disney news that came out over the past few days, but also my absolutely wackadoo one-day vacation to Disney World. Because, yeah, I didn't stay in a hotel. No, no, no. I didn't pack a toothbrush. I woke up unbelievably early in the morning while in New York City, flew to Orlando, and then took the last flight home. And there are some shenanigans, <laughs> which we will get into. But I, if you're wondering why I did this... I don't know, y'all. I have um, I have what I call brainworms, and if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably got them too. It's that I knew I'd be in New York City, which was kind of the closest I'd be to Walt Disney World in a long time, and it it was just within spitting distance, and I couldn't say no. And the promise of going on some real roller coasters after I couldn't for a year since I was pregnant. I mean, you can after you give birth, but. I, I just haven't been near Disney World and uh, I, the mummy, I guess, at Universal Studios Hollywood doesn't quite count. However, being that close, having the capability, knowing that someone could watch Pearl, uh, I went for it. I went for it. I used all my JetBlue points on flights. And because I had no hotel, I figured I could justify taking cabs at odd hours of the night. So, oh, I also have an annual pass, so I was able to get into the parks. So cost-wise, it wasn't too bad, but I had, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. I had the time of my life. I had the absolute time of my life. And I have been to Disney World many, 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 many times, as you all know. But something about only having eight hours and only having a set amount of time to jam it all in and not having seen Cinderella Castle and Epcot for a year, for a calendar year since my last trip in October, uh, it, it blew my mind. It was so much fun. I got to hang out with friends, but more importantly, I got to do stuff in the parks and I got some thoughts about it. So we're going to get into it. Now, I started the day at 4.30 in the morning. And while I don't usually wear makeup on most days anymore because I'm just a bridge troll and the bridge is my house when I'm, which I'm inside, uh, because I would be out there and I'd be seeing people, I had to do it to it. So I got ready at 4.30 in the morning. Um, for those of you who are parents, who are familiar, I am still nursing. So I had to take care of that throughout the day, including at that ripe hour of 4.30. And then I meticulously packed a backpack the night before. All I brought was one backpack. I brought a small collapsible duffel inside for something we will get to very soon. If you if you know me, you're probably already guessing it. And no, it is not like a duffy plush. It's better than that. Um, I grabbed my stuff, my perfectly packed bag, like truly I, I killed it. And then I hopped in a cab at 5 a.m. and I went to LaGuardia. And the reason I say it like, LaGuardia is because I have not been to LaGuardia Airport in, oh my lord, 10 years? Eight years? LaGuardia, it was truly the armpit of New York City when it comes to airports. And I say it that way in past tense because if y'all haven't been to LaGuardia, you need to be flying into Manhattan via LaGuardia. Oh my lord. Imagine like waking up, going on this grand adventure, being like, okay, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to get in a cab. I'm going to the airport. I haven't been to since I would just fly to Chicago out of their little commuter terminal, which was garbage. And getting there and seeing what is essentially the most beautiful airport you've ever seen. And I thought maybe it was, you know, maybe it was like a, a morning haze. I hadn't had coffee. Maybe I was out of it. I was confused. Maybe the dancing water in the fountain really got to me. But no, no, no. Uh, LaGuardia Airport is as good as I felt it was because I googled, I wanted to see like a before and after photo, like LaGuardia was, I don't know, like a fringe celebrity with a nose job, but 
I ended up on some some PR fluff site called anewlga.com. And I got some seriously good facts about LaGuardia. This is not a LaGuardia podcast, but we have to talk about LaGuardia. If you've been to LaGuardia recently, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. So the um the transformation of LaGuardia cost eight billion dollars. And I gotta tell you, it looks like it. It it looks like it. It's great. But what's most shocking, which isn't the like local businesses that there are concessions for and the fact that you have to walk really far, which is a different thing, which we'll also discuss in a second. You have to walk quite far, um, but there are all these beautiful shops. It's so nice. You go down this big escalator and there's even more places near the gates. There's so many places to get snackies and coffees and things. But <laughs> LaGuardia was awarded UNESCO's prestigious, I'm reading from this press website, prestigious pre-Versailles, which means it is the best new airport in the world. I did not know that. And also, there's one other shocking fact. Again, not a LaGuardia podcast. We have to talk about this. The $8 billion transformation makes it the first new major airport built in the U.S. in the last 25 years? What? That is too long. That is too long for us to be in these crumbling airports in America. What is wrong with America? 25 years. Most of the people you follow on TikTok are that old. And we have not had a new uh, airport except for LaGuardia in their entire lifetime. Isn't that fascinating? Blew my mind. Anyway, I got there. I made it on the flight. It was great. I watched the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. I think that's what it's called. I try to never say that phrase out loud because I kept misspeaking about Super Nintendo World. But I watched the Super Mario movie. I watched most of it. Thought it was pretty good. I was pretty, I was pretty impressed with it. I was pretty impressed with it. Can't wait for that expansion and the rumored new rides when it hits Epic Universe. It was great. And then I landed and I got out of the plane. And when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you I landed at MCO, again, a place I have spent a lot of time in, a lot of time. I'm on the Twitter. I know about uh, the MCO pattern carpet socks. I have my places that I go. I know if I can get in that Starbucks line and out in time before my flight or not. I am very familiar with MCO. Like I, it is home to me. And I walk out of this plane and I am somewhere I have never seen before. I am in the Terminal C. I'm in the new terminal at MCO. I went from my mind being blown by this new airport to my mind being blown by a new airport a second time. A second time in a row within three hours. I walk out and again, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. A absolutely stunning terminal. Nothing like an MCO if you're familiar. If you fly out Orlando, you know you're just sitting on the ground usually. It's too packed. You can't get anywhere. You're walking through those crowds of people waiting to board just to get to the tram. Um, you're, you're waiting for Buddy Dyer's voice. Here? Whoo, baby. Now, the one thing I will mention, um, even though there is a lot to praise, um, not only is there an Art Smith restaurant, there's a Wine Bar George offshoot there. I got a salad somewhere on the way back. There's a Shake Shack. There was um, some sort of bar where a man gave me so much ice for the milk that I had to carry with me. So much ice. Was very grateful. But what I have to, I have to dig him for is the fact that it, it is... For anybody who has mobility issues to make it that broad, you, you're simply not going to make it through this airport. They have nothing for you in a shocking, sad way. It is so big that my friend Kelly, who I know from the family, uh, picked me up at the airport and it took me almost a half hour to get from my gate to where she picked me up. And she picked me up on site. It's just that big. 
I was tired from walking and I was ready for a 10 mile day at Disney World, which is how many steps I clocked. I just can't believe that they would build this new airport with absolutely no regard for, oh, I don't know, um, anyone who struggles to move, anyone who's older, anyone who's young, anyone who has a lot of luggage. It's pretty unfathomable that they would build this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful airport terminal and just really not care about the people who move through it. That said, when I exited, I... I was in a building that I can only describe as a space station. If you have not been to Terminal C, book a flight through here. Because, I mean, if you can handle all of the relentless walking. But it it is it is a space station. It is... It feels like the, the the kind of mall space that they have at the World Trade Center in downtown Manhattan. It is just white and huge and open. And apparently that is where you get your luggage. I can't... I can't even imagine not being at the regular Orlando luggage carousel. Just, I have so many memories, as I'm sure you do, ingrained in me of waiting for my bag for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, and then just dragging it down to the Magical Express and it taking forever to get to the hotel. But here it was so shiny. They had a Starbucks both inside the terminal that had mobile order, and then one outside. And then I think they also had mobile order. I It was, oh, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. <laughs> I didn't, and that's the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was really, it was really, it was really something. I grabbed an iced latte. I grab a spinach egg white wrap from Starbucks, my go-to Florida breakfast meal. And I hop in Kelly's car and we are off to Walt Disney World. Not before my glasses fog up because Orlando, I love you, but boy, are you brutal. Kelly and I, which I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about on this podcast, so sorry, Kelly, I know you're listening to it. Hi, Asher, if you're in the background. Hi, Asher, I missed you. Kelly and I decided to start our day with a little visit to Disney's Wilderness Lodge, which I really have not been to in probably four years. I've been spending more time at other resorts and uh, resort hotels around the actual monorail loop. So it was so nice to just walk through and re-familiarize myself with the property when I really haven't stood there in a while. I've been going to other places. There's so many hotels that sometimes you just end up at boardwalk for a big chunk of time and you never go back to wilderness. Anyway, from there, we took a boat over to the Magic Kingdom. And you know I love a boat. You know I love going on a boat at Disney World. It really is special. And We arrived and I immediately got a locker because you know I'm a locker girl. I had a cooler full of ice and milk, which I'm not going to talk about the milk that much here, but it is not easy to bring that stuff around the park because they won't hold it for you anywhere. But I got a locker and we got into the park and it was... It was pretty special to see Cinderella Castle. I'd been to Disneyland more recently, and Disney, you know, Disneyland's got a little small, sleeping mini castle, a little small compared, compared to Cinderella. So it was really nice to see the big castle and to be there and to have the big moment. The first thing I noticed after the castle, however, was how the park was kind of empty that day. We went kind of a sweet spot. It was a few days after Labor Day, likely when kids aren't being pulled out of school as much because, you know, school just started and you're just kind of getting things off the ground. And it was a party night. So the park closed to day guests at 6 p.m. So there really wasn't that many people there. And it was so nice to have one of those reliable, not as busy times of year because a few years ago before the pandemic, even Labor Day weekend was not busy. I remember, I guess a a few years ago, this was probably about seven years ago, but I took my husband and we went on Labor Day and I promised him it wasn't going to be busy. And it wasn't. It was great. There were really not that many lines for anything. And, you know, things have changed and our pockets are a little smaller in terms of where we can find low attendance days, even half days sometimes. But it was really, really nice. It was a perfect time to visit the park. 
from there, my top priority, and I don't know why this was, but my top priority was country bears. I really go on country bears, but something about it, I just woke up that day and went, I'm doing it. I'm do- Kelly and I are doing it today. And we went on. And Maybe I felt it in my bones because, as you now know, they announced at Destination D, the D23 event that was at Walt Disney World the same time I was there. Uh, Planned it. I never go to Destination D. Uh, I mostly only go to D23 Expo. Had no idea. Had no idea it was the same time I was there. Kind of probably should have been working. Should have stayed. Oops, didn't go. Just went on rides and had fun. Um, As we now know, it was announced that Country Bears is going to be reimagined and have a new show in 2024. So... There must have just been something in the air where I knew I had to see it in its current state. And let me tell you, it needs it needs the update. It needs the update. The clickety-clackety of the animatronics on the wall, the mountain head, mounted heads, was so loud it was distracting from the rest of the show. So even if I am a purist and I do like it, I do think it needs to be updated. And I look forward to what it is. I mean, will they be singing uh, Let It Go? <laughs> Or music from Encanto. I hope not. But whatever the update is, I think it's going to be great. From there, I went to Ride Tron. That was my next stop. And the reason I really went on this trip was because I was not able to ride Tron when it opened at Magic Kingdom. I have been on Tron in Shanghai Disneyland. I've been on it twice. Uh, or I'm sorry, I've been on it during two trips, but I've been on it both during the day and at night. I was only able to go on it during the day during this Magic Kingdom day. But... I was able to get just the full experience. It is different here and not in terms of the ride itself, but really the layout and how it interacts and plays with the rest of the park. In Shanghai, it is kind of, as you would might say, the weenie drawing you into their version of Tomorrowland. Here, you might not even really know it's there if you're just kind of hitting Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and Space Mountain and things like that. It is a separate walkway back there. It is tucked away a bit. And one thing I didn't love was that the outside portion of Tron doesn't really go over a main walkway. Essentially, here, it goes over a walkway that just leads to Tron. And I know it's also kind of, okay, fair, it does do that in Shanghai, but you still feel more involved in the ride and its outdoor presence while just being in the land. While here, you could fully be in Tomorrowland and just be completely separate from that roller coaster. That said... I had a great time on it, partially because of the locker system. The locker system that's being used here, people have been talking about it for a while. It's a little bit old news, so I won't rehash it too much. But they have a locker set up within the queue. You don't have to do a locker before you get in. You are able to use it once you're inside. And the best part is when you get off the attraction, you get your stuff out of the other end of the locker. So there's no... Uh, locker traffic jam like there is at basically every universal attraction that exists. It's brilliantly well done. It's seamless. It's so nice. And I really enjoyed it. Something else I also enjoyed was that the ride vehicles here also have that little pocket where you can put your phone, your keys, your wallet inside the ride bike. So you don't ha- you can have your phone on you the whole time. In Shanghai, every time I've been on Tron, they made me take my glasses off. And here, I didn't have to. I was able to wear them. I didn't have to put them in that little thing and not be able to see anything. So that personally was a delight. As for the coaster, I think I do feel the exact same way I felt about it in China when I've been on it. I think the queue is wonderful. I think the launch, watching the launch from the queue, incredible. But the ride itself, the outdoor portion is really magical. But once you're inside that sh- that show building, 
it doesn't really resonate as well. And now that we have a newer indoor coaster, a powerhouse with Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I just don't think that this indoor portion really pulls its weight. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. But once you're inside that building, it just kind of, wah, wah. It's just the best part of the ride is unfortunately over. And uh, even though the beginning of that indoor part is good, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't end on a high note like you want it to. So I had a great time, but Tron was definitely, it was exactly what I expected. And following it up with People Mover was a blast. <laughs> You know I love me the people mover. I love the people mover. It's the best. I'm not usually one to break rules, but there is one rule that I break every time I go to Walt Disney World, and it is that I buy popcorn and I secretly put it in my backpack and I eat it while I'm on the people mover. I know you're not supposed to because like the kernels will spill and they'll make it a mess, but they mostly make it into my mouth and it's my favorite thing to do and I can't help it. Ban me from the park. Please don't ban me from the park. Please don't ban me from this, but I love it. I can't help myself and I did exactly that with Kelly. And we had a really nice time when people over. After that, I headed to a new-to-me location in Magic Kingdom. But Carly, haven't you done most of everything here in this theme park? Yes, I have. But the one thing I have not done was visit the Baby Care Center. I had never had a reason to visit the Baby Care Center. They also kind of have a... I don't want to call it a bouncer situation, but there is someone at the door who goes, hi, how may I help you? And that makes me want to panic and die. I don't know why. Just someone asking me why I am somewhere or what I am doing really stresses me out. Maybe it's uh, maybe I'm on edge because of the sneaky popcorn situation, but I had to I actually had to use the area for something. And it was my first time in there. And the one in the Magic Kingdom, which is the only one I've been to, is beautiful. They recently, they, not recently, they rethemed it, I believe, a couple years ago. But it has such beautiful character touches. And they also had a little store, which I did not anticipate. I knew they sold things like, oh, like diapers and baby food. But I didn't know they had, I mean, they had all the medicine you can need. They had... Uh, personal items. They had deodorant. Like, we should be telling more people that you, you can pick up a deodorant right quick. I sometimes forget one. It was so nice that they were just selling them there. But they also have a little shop in there that had some baby things. And I bought a adorable onesie for Pearl that looks very vintage and has Minnie with balloons. It says Walt Disney World. It has a little pink ruffle. Adorable. I got that done. And then from there, I left the park. I know this was a really short trip for me to be leaving Magic Kingdom after doing three things, four if you include Baby Care Center. But I left the park. I hopped on the monorail. I went to Epcot. But I did not go in Epcot when I arrived. I had a more important mission to do that day. <laughs> Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14-karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, 
You don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. like, it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their Ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not to quote former CFO Christine McCarthy, but sometimes you have money and sometimes you have free time. And on this trip, I did not have free time. I didn't really have a lot of money to spend on it either, but I wasn't staying at a hotel, so I had a little cash to burn. So I may or may not have preemptively hired a task rabbit to go to Gideon's at East End Market, not at Disney Springs, at East End, which is further away. I hired them for three hours to pick up a cookie order I had placed the day before because you don't have a minimum amount of cookies there. You can order a ton of cookies. You can order, I don't know, sometimes up to 21 cookies, which is exactly what I did. And I had this glorious stranger, this wonderful woman, pick them up and bring them to me in the Epcot parking lot. I I had four boxes of Gideon's cookies that I picked up in the parking lot of Epcot. <laughs> Some might say this is a waste of money. For me, I say it was the best I could do to replenish the stock that I had absolutely pillaged in my freezer while I was pregnant. I am so glad I did this because now days later, I still haven't frozen them. But I just minutes ago had a friend pick up one that I owed them because they had never had Gideon's. They've been wanting to try them forever. I flew back to LA with these cookies. I just gave them one. They're over the moon. It's been four days, which is more than Gideon's Gideon's usually recommends you leave them out before freezing them. 
It's been four days. They said the cookie's delicious. They are so happy. I am happy. It was the best decision I've ever made. Now, am I too scared to log into my TaskRabbit account to see how much it costs to do this? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I I don't, I don't, I think it ended up being three hours, four hours. Really, it doesn't matter because I did not have the time to go off property to get it. And I got my cookies. I got to come home with my cookies. Now, <laughs> it of course started raining the minute this wonderful task rabbit dropped off my cookies at the Epcot pickup drop off that moved to the end of the freaking earth. It used to be right in front of Spaceship Earth. You exit, you pick up an Uber, bada bing, bada boom, you're on your way. No, you now have to toil. You basically, it's like the Oregon Trail level length to get to the end of the parking lot to get your stuff. It started raining when I picked up these cookies, because of course it did. But don't worry, I was prepared with a collapsible duffel I had purchased at Disneyland Paris a couple years ago. It's actually really cute. It's like a comic book print of Mickey, but that doesn't matter. I loaded up my cookies, which I <laughs> forgot are a half pound each. And when you get 20 of them, that's 10 pounds of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> on top of your day bag because you're not spending the night anywhere. So I dragged these cookies in a poncho with an umbrella to the front of Epcot. And yeah, you bet your bottom dollar that I got pulled over by security because I looked like I was hiding something. That something was basing almost two dozen cookies, but they had to search everything. I felt very bad for the people in line behind me. I'm so sorry if any of you experienced this. I'm very sorry, but they looked through every box of cookies, everything in my bag, everything in my cooler. The cooler was for milk, not even for the cookies, just everything. And getting in was a little harrowing, but once I did, I bought a jumbo-sized locker I tucked my cookies away and I was ready to enjoy my afternoon at Epcot. From there, I met up with Brandon, my friend who hosts Gooping and Gagging with Nene, which I was recently on. It's a wonderful podcast. I love Brandon so much. And I also got to hang out with Alicia Stella, which if you are in this sphere, you know Alicia is the absolute best. I'm obsessed with her. I think she is so good at her job. She's just, she's brilliant. She runs Orlando Park Stop and Theme Park Stop and knows everything about Universal, everything that is coming to Universal especially. And with Epic Universe on the horizon, she's on top of it in a way that nobody else is. She owns that space and she's the best. And the three of us, we rode Guardians of the Galaxy and it was amazing. Now I haven't been, like I said, on a real coaster in a long time. So Tron kind of scratched that itch, but going on Guardians... I'm going to just say it, Walt Disney World's best roller coaster. I'm so sorry, Expedition Everest, but it is. It is unreal. And going on it after this much time, when I didn't know if it would live up to the hype or not, it really, really delivered. It really delivered. And the song we wanted was Conga, and we got it. And it was a party. And I'm just so happy to be back doing what I do and to be back on that ride. It was a really magical moment. Granted, the pre-shows are painful. I haven't been, as I mentioned, on it in a while. And the mass exodus of people just shoving against that door to get out of the second pre-show so they can just try to wait in a very tight line that does not move. I There's some efficiencies that need to be worked out at that attraction. But we... We It was worth watching the pre-show way too many times. We ended up going on twice. It was very fun. Um, but it was really, really, really nice to be back on that ride. And it is even more fun than I remembered. If you are scared or you haven't been on it, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is worth the fright. It is 
It is amazing. It is amazing. It is worth every dollar they charge for Lightning Lane. And I had a wonderful, wonderful time on it. The rest of my day at Epcot was pretty chill. Again, I was only there from 2 p.m. till about 6 p.m. And we spent some time trying the pickle milkshake. Brandon was determined to try it. Alicia ended up doing it also. And I wanted no part of this. A pickle milkshake, a green milkshake, a green savory milkshake, as you know, is not something that I support. I don't support blue food and I don't support whatever the heck that is. But Brandon made me try it. And it was good. I am embarrassed to say it was good. It was, I don't know. It just worked. I only had one sip because I was really scared of what it would do to my insides. And I think uh, from talking to people who had it, I made the right choice. I had one sip. I thought it was divine. And I moved on. They really should sell that thing in symbols because a whole cup of it is dangerous. I bypassed slurping down a whole pickle milkshake, words that don't belong together. And I went to the Mexico Pavilion and I got my beloved cup of beans for $2.99. The best deal in Walt Disney World. Raise that price and I will riot. It is the best protein you can get. And I say that as someone who loves hard-boiled eggs. I just think a cup of, a cup of beans for three bucks, nothing else can power you through your theme park day like that. I got guacamole. I got queso. And your girl even got a little bit of a margarita before going on Guardians again. And if I thought that ride couldn't get any better, once you have a belly full of queso and a margarita, it really hits the spot. As you can tell, I'm someone who has a stomach of steel. (laughs) Uh, And it was just so nice to sit and to be back at the park. I haven't gone this long without visiting Walt Disney World probably Yes, since I started doing this job eight years ago. And so to spend a year away from Walt Disney World and to finally be back was an absolute dream. After we went on Guardians, we hung out at Starbucks. We went to Club Cool and I tasted the little soda pops. And then I saw Brooke McDonald and Scott Gustin on my way out. My friend Dave and his dog picked me up. Uh, The dog was in the back seat, but it was still really nice. And I got a ride to the airport. And from there I went home. It was a blissful, blissful, blissful day. I'm so happy I did it. And if you were having any urge, if you live on the East Coast or even in the middle of the country, if you have any urge to make a one-day trip to Disney World, it is logistically specific. I will say that. And if you are someone who gets very sad when they know their Disney World trip is ending, I wouldn't recommend it for you because you'll just be counting down the clock. You'll be stressed about the time. But for someone who just really misses the atmosphere, wants to maybe go on one or two rides, um, won't be deeply upset if they miss something they wanted to do. (laughs) Living with the land, didn't get around to it. I think it's a really nice option and a really great way to have a vacation, even if you don't have time to have a vacation. And as for that Disney news we are going to discuss I'm going to be honest with you. I recorded probably a whole another 10 minutes of this podcast, but I cut it. I, I sound mean. I sound bitter. I sound like one of those angry Disney fans and that's just not my vibe. That's not how I feel. So what I will say is that there are some pretty wild announcements that came out of Destination D. They're redoing Country Bears. They're adding a Pirates in the Caribbean themed place to Magic Kingdom. It's a, I believe they called it a tavern. What will it sell? We do not know, but I think that's a really good idea. It's a great fit for Adventureland. They're going to, thank goodness, redo Test Track because, I mean, nothing says 2023 in technology like a car that Uh, blasts out into the outdoor Orlando humidity. (laughs) Really just not the vibe anymore. It 
Also, I wrote this on Twitter, but like those ride vehicles are filthy. They're filthy. They're the filthiest ride vehicles in Orlando. I bid them adieu. Uh, there's so much news like that. Hatbox Ghost is coming to Haunted Mansion and Magic Kingdom later this year. Epcot's getting a nighttime spectacular in December. Things like that. But the thing that we all come back to, of course are these kind of empty promises that get made. And I know I won't, I won't teeter on the edge of sounding too upset, but it is pretty harsh that D23 Expo, where all of the big news is announced, where Bob Iger famously announced that they were building two Star Wars-themed lands. This is big news, people. This is where it happens. Last year, we got a whole bunch of nothing, essentially, at D23 Expo. We got a whole segment about blue sky, which means nothing. That holds no weight. Um, hypothetically pushing back the berm of Magic Kingdom. If you're not doing it, if there's not construction happening on site, and if we don't have exact plans with tentative dates, it's just an idea. And we got that again at Destination D. An Encanto attraction in Indiana Jones are not confirmed for Animal Kingdom. They're just exploring the idea, which is also a big hot bowl of nothing. And it just, it feels a little weird that Epic Universe is on its way. Universal Orlando will have a fully brand new theme park, not a ride, not a land, but an entire new park in 2025. And at Walt Disney World, we we really only have ride redos, ride rethemes, um, updating the classics. We don't have a new ground up ride, and I just I'm worried, I'm concerned, and I'm I'm fearful for what we're gonna have at Disney World in three, four, five years when Universal has so many new reasons to go there, and Disney World doesn't. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that, but thank you for listening this week and keep those calls coming. Okay, bye. I had so much fun on my trip. Also, I was so tired. I was so tired. I was so tired. I was still tired, but it was worth it. Oh, it was heaven. Do it. Go for the day. Go for the day. Pretend you're a local. It was so good. This is Beth from New Jersey. I just finished listening to your must-know Super Nintendo World Tips podcast. So my question for you, I am going to Universal Hollywood in January for the first time in many years and I'm doing a VIP tour. I would like to know if access to Super Nintendo World, and especially the Mario Kart ride, will be included in the tour. The website wasn't specific, and I'm wondering if that's on purpose or if it just hasn't been updated since the land is new. Thanks in advance for helping a fellow Duffy and Friends fan. Take care. Beth, thank you so much for this call. I am going to fully, I'm going to take the L. I have not updated the Super Nintendo World episode yet. I went out of town and thought I'd have a ton of free time for two weeks. Did not, did not at all. I did so much laundry. Why was it? Oh, a kid. Anyway, um, I wanted to get back to you so that you knew before your trip so you didn't worry. If you are doing a VIP tour at Universal Studios Hollywood, as of now, as of all the information we know, and likely by the time you go, very, very likely, you will have express access to Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. And you will have express access to that attraction throughout the day. This is the only way to get that coveted express access. So it is a huge benefit from going on the tour. You, you don't have to worry about anything. You are good to go. But a little tip in case things do change at the start of the year, 
If you have any questions that are urgent or you really, really need an official answer for, give VIP Tours at Universal a call. I have had so much luck and so much success talking to them directly. They are really good about knowing official details like that. They're happy to answer your questions. And if you have a tour booked, they will reassure you of anything you need. Thank you so much for calling. Have so much fun. And I hope you love the ride. for listening. You can rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and rate and follow on Spotify. And I know we say that every week. It's kind of like if you keep repeating the word ketchup, you're eventually like, what is ketchup? What is ketchup? What is ketchup? And it gets you a little mad in the head. But this means so much if you rate, if you follow us, if you leave a review, it really, really helps the podcast. It's like the biggest way you can help us out so we can keep reaching new audience members. That was a very strange way to refer to listeners. I don't know why I said audience members, like we're filming a sitcom. But regardless, if you have if you haven't left a little review or you haven't left a rating, please do. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and I thank you from the bottom of my podcasting heart. You can give us a call also at 747churros. And if you don't want to leave us a call, just send us a voice note. You can text it to 747churros or email it to 747churros at gmail.com. We've been getting so many great calls that... I mean, might actually have to do a seven, like a churros hotline episode already, even though the season just started. I might have to move some things around in the podcast schedule, but I will be getting to them. There are so many great calls and thank you and keep them coming. There are so many questions to answer and I'm happy to do so. You can wear your heart on your sleeve or your torso, whatever you'd like, by wearing some very amusing merchandise. You can find it at very-amusing.com. You can follow me at Carly Weisel on Twitter. I will not call it by its other name. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, and you can also join the family at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Weisel. This episode was edited by me. So if it sounded bad, don't blame Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey, it's mom. What another great episode. Okay, I'm getting really keyed up with this Disney treasure because the Disney wish was great. I can't wait to see this Disney treasure. Um, it's setting sale, I think you said December 21st, 2024. That's good to know because I want to be there. And if you're going, baby, I'm going too because this jazz does have some great benefits. <laughs> it might not pay well, but it has some great benefits for me. All right, so I've heard you about the bars and the pubs. It sounds like a great time. And I know how they seem everything, like, magnificent. This is going to be so much fun. So I'm just returning from New York, and I saw a couple plays on Broadway. And I have to tell you that the Disney Wish, which I'm sure the Disney Treasure, will have the best plays because the ones that I did see on the Wish were some of the best performances I had ever seen. Definitely Broadway worthy for sure. But my favorite thing to do with you on a cruise is to get on early and explore the ship before anyone tells us exactly what's going on. It's like a maze. You and I found the ice cream store. We found the beauty ship. We were having such a good time. We found the laundry room. It was so much fun. And I agree with you about possibly the kids having a Star Wars theme, like the like maybe like from like 8 to 14. And then I was thinking for the young adults, I'm thinking they're going to have the Haunted Mansion hangout theme room. That sounds like that would be really cool for them. 
But this was a great episode. I love you so much. And I'll see you soon, honey. And I love you, Pearl, more than anything. Bye.